Welcome to District of Champions episode three. Now I had a uh, episode all planned out for you guys. Want to talk a little Zion. Want to talk a little uh, two hand touch All Star game, also known as the Pro Bowl. Wanted to get into the Botham John commercial. Wanted to get into Meek and Nikki. It never goes well when you approach your ex. It, it doesn't matter how good your intentions are, especially not in public. But uh, the main thing I want to talk about was with uh, LeBron passing Kobe Bryant the all-time scoring list. I wanted to ignore that and anyway put forth an argument that Kobe is still the GOAT, which any Kobe stan worth their weight and salt will always put forth that argument regardless of what the facts may tell. You're going to believe me or your lying eyes. Uh, that's what I wanted to get into. Uh, I wanted to take LeBron's moment and make it Kobe's. But with the news that uh, Kobe Bryant has passed away, that is really the only thing that's on my mind. And uh, that's really the only thing that's been on my mind for about 24 hours. I did the morning show. I was completely numb. I really don't even remember doing it, to be perfectly honest. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been really rough. And I'm going to be completely honest. It has not sunk in for me yet at all. Um, I don't know when it will or, or how long this process may take. But that's all that I have to talk about. And that's all that I want to talk about. So that's that's... That's what this is going to be. Not just Kobe Bryant, but my experience with Kobe Bryant as a fan. Because the accolades we've heard all over TV and all over radio and all other other podcasts that you listen to, five-time champion, 18-time All-Star, 15-time All-NBA, 12-time All-Defensive Team, two-time MVP of the finals, two scoring titles, one MVP in the regular season, slam dunk title. At the time of his initial appearance, he was the youngest ever to appear in an NBA game, obviously 60 points in the finale, and then he has his 81-point masterpiece. But I kind of I kind of wanted to talk about the experience of being a Kobe Bryant fan. I can tell you that I happened to be on Twitter when the initial report surfaced from TMZ Sports. And it was a weird situation because you hear something like that. You want to know like you you want to you bet you really want to know that that's not true. But any more digging that you do could lead to the verification that it is true. And so it was a weird thing of, of wanting tweets to populate, but not wanting tweets to pop, you know, like I was completely frozen. I wanted to know more, but I didn't want to have it be confirmed. And then when it was confirmed, it was just such a personal pain. And one of the unique things about the last 24 hours, being a Kobe Bryant fan I know other Kobe Bryant fans. I'm friends with other Kobe Bryant fans, but it's still a very personal experience. I felt like Kobe Bryant was mine. I felt like I had a personal relationship with Kobe Bryant. And I'll get into that a little bit more as the podcast goes along, but I oftentimes would gauge myself and what I'm doing versus how Kobe might react in that same scenario, in that same situation. It, I never met Kobe. I never had the opportunity to interview Kobe or to do any segments with Kobe, but it feels to me as though I've known him all along. And one of the things that I'm hearing from so many different corners are other people feeling the exact same way, many of which who did know him and many more of which who didn't. People like me who, who never met the man and still felt that personal connection, that personal relationship. And... I mean, it really started, I mean, let's go to the beginning. It started, you know, in 98, Kobe started in the All-Star game, led the West with 18 points in MSG in a game that featured Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Karl Malone, Kevin Garnett, Reggie Miller, 
Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, Tim Duncan, and Jason Kidd at 19 years old. And the kinds of things that Kobe would proclaim about saying that he was going to be the greatest of all time and challenging Jordan and whenever he was on the court with Jordan, lining up against him and all that stuff, that turned a lot of people off. Like, who who is this kid to to proclaim such things? Who is this kid to to dare to state his greatness before the fact? And I'll be honest, I was I was raised to be humble and to always be humble and to act in completely opposite the way that Kobe Bryant did. But what made Kobe different was the work that he put in to make that a reality. And that's what won me over. I went from being one of those, you know, I was the same age as Kobe. I am the same age as Kobe. I'm a little I'm a few years younger, but I went from one of those fans that acted like I was six years old, like, oh, look at this, this young guy, this young kid talking all this trash. I went from that to him being my favorite player throughout the course of his career, sheerly as a result of the work that he put in. I mean, I was in New York City at Columbia a few years later when they played the Nets in the NBA Finals, and I got all these New Yorkers, hey, son, who is, who is, this, who is this punk son? Like, that at, like, uh, I, like all these, all these, everybody around me, like could not stand this young brash kid and it just it made me love him all the more and when it comes to fandom one of the things that I always have related to people is that not many people can play basketball at that level almost nobody can play basketball at that level almost nobody can make the NBA very few people play big time D1 like I'm a trash basketball player absolute garbage there isn't a single thing that I watched Kobe do that I picked up on that was actually useful to me on a basketball court. What made me such a big fan of his was how I could watch Kobe, listen to Kobe, and it was so directly transferable to whatever it was that I was doing. I may not be able to play basketball, but I can work hard. I can dare to be great. That I can do. I can proclaim that this is what I want and this is what I'm going to be and I'm going to work for it. I can, I can do that. I can go on to my field of play, which for me is comedy, and take on the biggest challenge and get to the top of that mountain day by day, little by little. You know, Kobe Bryant's going in and, and shooting a thousand shots a day. I can go right. You know, I can go knock out this shift at the law firm, which enables me to go do these open mics afterwards. That's my gym. That's my getting a thousand shots up a day. And so when I watch Kobe and the way he goes about his basketball business, it invigorated me to to push and achieve my own dreams. And he started at it at such a young age. It taught me that I didn't need to be bashful about my own young age. His youthful courage and mentality pushed me to dare to chase my dreams. If he can do it, then I can do it too. I may not be able to play basketball at his level, but I can have his will and determination. I felt like I grew with Kobe. After Shaq left LA and he had to reinvent himself and they were trying to rebuild the team, I graduated college and I'm trying to figure my life out. And I would think of him all the time, just continuing to push forward, continuing to try and figure it out, just work hard and have faith. Oftentimes during this current process of reinvention after moving back home, I think all he's been able to accomplish after he left the basketball floor. A lot of people were asking the question, he was so dedicated to the game, where's all that energy going to go? What's going to happen to him once he no longer has basketball? And you don't think I asked myself what's going to happen to me once I no longer had ESPN, once I no longer had that national sports platform? I absolutely did. 
I thought of Kobe. I didn't think of other media personalities. I didn't think of other comedians. I thought of Kobe Bryant. He's the guy who I drew my motivation from. The first time I ever saw him live was in the 2001 All-Star Game when they came to D.C. My parents got tickets to the practice, which is funny because in ensuing years and covering the NBA, I was able to actually go and 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 participate and and have a, a much larger role, a professional role in actual games and NBA uh, All-Star Saturday. But this is well before that. This is when I'm I'm still in school. So they got tickets to go see the practice. And I was such a big fan. The fact that Kobe was going to be there, I had to be there. I wanted to watch him practice. And what I remember was after that practice ended and everybody else on the West fleed the court, went to go party, Kobe stayed late. He was working with Gary Payton on defense and positioning. At the time, Kobe was an all-star starter. Gary Payton was reserved. Kobe was at the height of his fame, but he knew Gary Payton is one of the greatest to ever do it. And I have a moment of his time and I could take this moment that most are using to celebrate to try and get better. Things like that made an imprint on me when I was in school, that level of dedication. The most you could ever ask of an athlete is to bring it every night. And he was the greatest example of that. He came during that too much too soon generation when so many players in the post-Jordan era got the huge contracts and the complaint was, well, they don't care. They don't work hard. And Kobe was the antithesis of that, which is why it was always so confusing to me. I understood because of how brash Kobe was and how defiant and bullheaded Kobe was. Yes, I understand that can turn a lot of people off. At the same time, the biggest complaint that you had against players in the league at that time was that they didn't care. And you could never say that Kobe Bryant didn't care. Jay Williams had the incredible anecdote that I saw him tell about playing Kobe and, and working out before the game. And Kobe Bryant's there when he shows up and Kobe Bryant's still working out when he leaves. And he asked him, why are you working out so hard before the game? You're not going to have anything left. And Kobe said, I won't have you think that you can outwork me. I know John Sally, uh, conversations I've had with him about the 2000s Lakers would talk about how they would go out. And Kobe was the toast of the town. He owned L.A. at that point. He was never there. He worked out. He practiced. He slept. That's what he did. With all that said, the reason why I feel the greatest attachment to Kobe is because of how Kobe came up. Kobe grew up in Italy. He was a son of a former player, so he grew up relatively wealthy. He spoke multiple languages. And this is a time when AAU is big. Can you imagine him walking onto a blacktop in Philly? You know they looked at him like he had three heads. But he made them accept him by being undeniable. He knew it's really all about the game. All this other stuff, all this personality stuff, all this culture stuff, it's all about the game. If they respect my game, they will have to respect the rest of me too. And I identify with that so much just as, as, as a person who often finds themselves, whether true or untrue, feeling like an outsider, feeling less than. I'm in situations all the time in my life, I have been in and continue to be in situations where I feel less than and I feel like an outsider. But if we have this common love, if we have this common goal, and I bust my ass to be the greatest I can possibly be, to be undeniable, you will have to accept the other parts of me too. He was an outsider who became the ultimate insider through sheer dedication and will. 
I mean, look at the reactions from all across the NBA after Kobe's passing. Jerry West could barely speak on CNN. Doc Rivers could barely speak when he was being interviewed. Sabrina Ionescu of Oregon could barely speak when she was being interviewed af uh, after a game. You're talking about three separate generations across gender lines. You're talking about Lakers and Celtics and Oregon Ducks. That's what being undeniable gets you. That's how far that reach can go. I would think about Kobe all the time during these moments when I was feeling like an outsider and wondering what I can do when I'm feeling directionless. But the special thing about the great ones is that just because he is no longer here, that doesn't have to stop because his legacy is forever. And speaking of his legacy, one of the things I'm so grateful for is that Kobe found peace in his post-playing career. And when we think of Kobe, we'll think of the endless possibilities of his post-playing career because he accomplished so much in that short four or five year window. The possibilities for him are as endless as they were for that 19 year old kid when he came into the league. That's how we feel about his post-playing career now. Can you imagine Kobe Bryant, his last couple years in the league, we're wondering what the hell this dude's gonna do when he no longer has basketball and a few years later, the sky's the limit. He could have done anything. That's how special that short window was for him. You saw him as a father and his dedication to his family. You saw him as a supporter of the women's game. A lot of uh, WNBA stars have spoken out about how he's helped them. That video of him talking to his daughter courtside, instructing her, imparting his wisdom will be one of the lasting images we have. I mean, this uh, uh, the, the, the fourth highest scoring player of all time a guy that had 81 in a game, a guy that had 60 in his last game, a guy with five NBA championships, one of his lasting legacies is going to be that shot of him talking to his daughter on the sidelines. That is special. And, I'm, and, and as a fan of his, I am so eternally grateful that he was able to make that turn in his life, not only for him, for his family, and for his legacy. His last tweet was praising LeBron for, for passing his, his scoring record. LeBron... The, the, the kid who was supposed to usurp his legacy, the guy who was supposed to steal the mantle from him as the, 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 the greatest competitor to Jordan, possibly the greatest of all time, came to L.A., put on the purple and gold. And how did Kobe handle it? With unbelievable grace. Now, I want to end it on this. It was a couple quotes that I saw that really made an impact on me. Kobe said about chasing success, he said, when you make a choice and say, come hell or high water, I'm going to be this, then you should not be surprised when you are that. It should not be something that is intoxicating or out of character because you've seen this moment for so long that when that moment comes, of course it's here because it's been here the whole time, because it's been in your mind the whole time. That's so unbelievably profound because essentially what he's saying is if you put in the work, you don't have to be surprised by the moment when you have an opportunity to show and prove. And if you do show and prove, you don't have to be shook by the fact that it happened. You should be ready to do it again. You put in the work. Trust in the work that you put into yourself. One of the reasons why that's so unbelievably profound is what he's saying is the greatness is in the work. It's not in the accomplishment. When the accomplishment occurs, you should expect it because you're already great. And if you 
want to build something, if you want to aspire to something, these are real truths that you have to internalize because people are going to expect greatness when you get to that point. And you have to know that you have it in you to be able to bring it out. When he talks about coming back from injury, he said, the process of it drives me to come back. I want to see if I can. I don't know if I can. I want to find out. I want to see. I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to break it down to its smallest form, smallest detail, and go after it day after day, one day at a time. He talks about going from high school to the NBA. I want to learn how to become the best basketball player in the world. And if I'm going to learn that, I got to learn from the best. Kids go to school to be doctors or lawyers, so forth and so on, and that's where they study. My place to study is from the best. You know, I'll admit, my ego often gets in the way of what could be valuable learning opportunities. If I take the mentality that I need to be with the best and around the best and competing with the best and in order to in order to learn, in order to sharpen my skills, then there's never a reason for my ego to get involved. There's never a reason for me to be shook. There's never a reason for me to shrink from the moment because I'm there to learn. That's such a valuable mentality to take towards whatever you do. When he's talking about sacrifices, he said there's a, a choice that we all have to make as people, as individuals. If you want to be great at something, there's a choice you have to make. We can all be masters at our craft, but you have to make a choice. What I mean by that is there are inherent sacrifices that come along with that. Family time, hanging out with your friends, being a great friend, being a great son, nephew, whatever the case may be. There are sacrifices that come along with that. Now, what's so interesting about that is that his legacy contains two very dissonant parts, which is this singular dedication to being the greatest basketball player he can be and this unbelievable family man and this unbelievable father. He's talking about sacrifices, but at the end of the day, we see what his dedication to his family was. He was able to do them both. The three things I've taken away most from what I've heard since his passing, that personal connection that I mentioned right at the beginning, that singular dedication, and the idea that things can be taken away from you at any moment and you have to savor life and savor those around you and embrace your loved ones. And I'll be damned if those second and those third aren't completely at odds with one another. How am I going to have this singular dedication and at the same time savor the moment and be spending time so grateful for all the loved ones in my life? He found a way to make it happen. He didn't leave anything on the court, but he didn't leave anything undone or unsaid with his family either, at least as far as we can tell. You know, it would really be a shame if Kobe Bryant left us with anything but a quandary and a challenge, but that's a quandary and a challenge. And that's one that I'm going to spend the rest of my time and the rest of my days trying to solve. How to get back to that person that I used to be that had that singular drive and at the same time, how to make sure I live every day with the understanding and the knowledge that things can be taken away at any moment. I love Kobe Bryant, and I use present tense intentionally. I love Kobe Bryant. And if somebody else were to tell me that about an NBA player that they never met, it would sound crazy. But because of the relationship that I've had as a Kobe fan over the last 20 years, 
I know it's not crazy. Being a fan can push you to accomplish some great things in your life if you take the right lessons from the person that you're watching. Kobe Bryant imparted some unbelievable lessons that are applicable to absolutely anything that you may want to pursue. And it's for that reason that this relationship that I fostered as his fan has been able to move through college, through working a day job, doing open mics, through being a professional comedian, through doing broadcasting, through coming home and doing a morning show. It's been able to transcend all of those things. And whatever it is that you do, it can transcend that too. I don't know who it is that's the Kobe for you. There's lots of possible examples out there. And they certainly don't have to be athletes. But I certainly suggest that you find one. Because having that person, that yardstick to keep you honest and to measure yourself against is one of the most valuable gifts that you can give to yourself. So that was incredibly therapeutic for me. Uh, I hope that it was helpful for some of you other people out there that are struggling with Kobe's loss. Just know I'm working through it one day at a time. I'm I'm still mostly numb. And, uh, you know, I don't know when exactly things will hit and things will change. But I just know that I'm grateful to have shared 20 years, 22 years. I'm grateful to have shared two decades with that man on this earth because he's made my life better without him ever even knowing it or knowing me and that's what makes him one of the greats i'm reese waters this is district of champions